spend your afternoons with Adam Epstein. AWOD Radio, every weekday at noon on Sports Radio 910 The Fan at 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Richmond's home for the Washington Commanders. Every game can be heard right here at Odyssey. Richmond on 910 The Fan, or if there's a Squirrels game, you can hear it on WRVA 1140 AM. And the Commanders were able to snap the Baltimore Ravens 24-game preseason win streak on Monday night. And uh, it's kind of awesome to see Sam Howell be on the front page of ESPN and all the sports talk shows across the country. Slinging Sammy Howell showed up in a big way in the first half against the Ravens. It's time for the Richmond Commander. It's time for the Richmond Commander. Are you ready for some- the phones are open. It's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio, the Richmond Commander. Joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, he was at the game. It's Michael Phillips. What's going on, Michael? Adam, how many times have we had a preseason game where we're still talking about it, like legitimately so, two days later, people are still excited. Yeah, I mean, it's just so awesome especially because we got the win, snapped the Ravens streak. And really, that's the talk is that Baltimore had this dumb streak. Everyone thought it. Nobody cared about it except for Washington. And I believe that the commanders cared about it, especially because of the joint practices, especially because Danny Johnson got hurt with Mark Andrews throwing him to the ground. This was more, there was more juice, more energy in the building than a regular preseason game. Oh, no question. By the way, the Ravens cared about it about a minute and their fans have been crazy salty about it ever since which is kind of Michael you're breaking up see if we can get you back on the hotline here uh, Michael Phillips joining us on the Hadid Mercer rug cleaning hotline talking about the commander's win against the Baltimore Ravens I, I want to get his take on Sam Howe and see if Michael Phillips can find the negatives because I'm struggling I mean the guy has a really strong arm. He's got the accuracy. He seems to have an understanding of the offense. He's commanding the offense. Went right down the field, put up 17 points in the first half um, with two impressive drives after the field goal there. Connects with all of his receivers. You know, he's connecting with McLaurin, finding Dotson. Got Deami Brown involved. Curtis Samuel had a catch. Tossing it out of the backfield to Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson Jr. Can he find the negatives? You know, I guess you could point to his footwork right I think that's the number one thing you'd say with Sam Howell's footwork is that he could improve I thought he kind of had happy feet at some times uh, but let's see if we can uh, connect with Michael Phillips once again Michael are you there I'm there I'm, I'm here and um, I mean you're talking about Sam Howell obviously I, I, I was very surprised both both preseason games so far it seems the sacks have been more his fault than the offensive line's fault I certainly wouldn't have expected that coming in that, that that's a very real surprise to me i loved the deep balls though this guy throws a legitimate deep ball and, and dang if they don't need somebody who, who can fling the ball down the field absolutely hey michael so set the scene for us a little bit this was the first home game of the josh harris era yeah and there were celebrities on the sideline there were there was juice um there was there was a weird handshake uh, it, it was we had it all man it was uh I'll say this, it, it was preseason, but it, it sets the table that 
week one's going to be hopping. Um, and I, I don't, I think everybody thought week one would be, you know, a, a, a big deal first game of new ownership, but it became clear based on the preseason turnout. No, it's going to be a sell at week one. People are going to be there. What an opportunity for Ron Rivera and Sam Howell to make a statement in front of what's going to be a very pro commanders crowd, probably a sellout. I mean, you, you don't get opportunities like this every day. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline is Michael Phillips. Uh, follow him on social media, Michael P. RTD. And remember, that stands for Michael P. Richmond's Top Dog. Uh, so, Darn Michael, right yep. So let's get into the special teams real quick. Who do you think is going to be the starting kick and punt returner? And how confident are you in Joey Sly now that he's looked pretty good in preseason? I'll say this, that was a high-risk, high-reward kick there. If you miss that, your job's on the line. <laughs> but you make that, you're good. Joey Sly's in. Bonus Tress weighs healthy. He's in. Uh, man, I, I, I mean, I can't justify taking a roster spot for Dax Milne, who's fine as a returner. I, I just like, I, to me, if you're going to be a returner and you're going to get your own roster spot, you got to be really good and, I, maybe I'm missing something, Adam. I I don't think he is. No, I, I agree with you. I, I you know, it's it's almost like uh, you know he's family friends with Rivera or something like that. He just finds a way to always make the roster. Uh, but you know, there could be an opening. Hopefully not. But if McLaurin is sidelined at any point, wide receiver Terry McLaurin left the game at the end of the second quarter with a right toe injury. What's the latest you're hearing about that? Yeah, and you remember a couple of years ago, there was some question about whether or not he'd play week one coming out of training camp banged up, and, and he did. Uh, and I think that's the expectation here. He's going to play when it matters, but probably not a lot until then. I'm fine with that. I think everybody's fine with that. Um, if there ends up being any concern there, it's an interesting spot because De'Ami Brown probably gets some snaps and gets some reps. That That's a scary situation, but also potentially a big opportunity for him connecting with his old college teammate, Sam Howell. Um, but I, I'm not hearing any concern that Terry McLaurin is not going to be ready to go week one. I just don't think, think we'll see him practicing a lot between here and there. Michael, you've been covering this team for a while, and I have not been back to FedEx Field since 2019. I was boycotting the end of the Dan Snyder era, but I'm fired up now. What did it look like? What were the improvements of FedEx Field? Well, let's not go crazy here. <laughs> it's still a, still a pain to get to, and it's still a – kind of ugly concrete bowl that doesn't have great concourses and concessions like there there's only so much new ownership can do in a few weeks they they've upgraded the sound system which is nice they've upgraded the video board which is nice but i you know people who are looking for a transformed experience uh, are probably not going to get that it is it's still a bad stadium it's just now it has a good football team and, and a team that people feel they can root for you can follow Michael Phillips on social media, Michael P. RTD. Let's go back to Sam Howell for a minute here. So talk about his negatives, all right? So you mentioned the sacks that he took. I kind of have noticed that when there's pressure, it's almost like he runs away like a child and, like, doesn't do what a veteran quarterback like Jacoby Brissett would do, which is kind of slide up in the pocket. Have you noticed that at all? Oh, yeah, you know, I, I think he, he doesn't yet have a feel for when he needs to throw the ball away, and that was an issue at North Carolina, too. Is just knowing, hey, I got to cut my losses here. Let's have another play. I think he thir turned third, second and two into third and fifteen on on Monday night, and then converted third and fifteen. So you can't yeah. you can't stay mad at the guy. Uh, you know, it, it seemed like every bad play he made, he followed it up with a good play. It's like, well, 
hey, can't, can't stay mad at the guy if he does that. He's, he's got a short memory. There's definitely stuff there to clean up. And, I, I mean, you can see why he's playing so much this preseason, why Eric Bieniemy has him in there so much. He, he, there's a lot of work to do to get him ready. I think it's still going to be a work in progress in a lot of ways week one. So we've seen the starting offense for the Commanders for a quarter and a drive in preseason game number one, the whole first half in game number two. How would you grade offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy's play calling in preseason? I think Troy Aikman said during the broadcast, because this is the Chiefs offense. And, uh, <laughs> he, he, was, he was right. It's got a lot of those elements, the quick passes, the long balls. Look, this is what we've said all along about Eric Bieniemy, right? Last year, they were one game away from the playoffs, one win away. The year before that, they were one win away from the playoffs. This isn't a team that needs to be rebuilt. This is a team that needs to get one win better to become a playoff team. And I, I, I can say, you know, maybe I'm drinking some Kool-Aid here, Adam, but after two preseason games, I can say Eric Bieniemy is one game better than Scott Turner, <laughs> at least. I, I just, that may be an understatement there. But but he is. And and that's why I started the show by saying I saw enough from Washington in preseason that I believe before game one against the Cardinals, it might happen September 9th, Vegas will have been bet back up to seven and a half as the win total. What do you think? I, I don't know because, look, I, I, I would bet the over, as would you, I, it sounds like. And yeah. I, I think that's, that's the move right now. But there's also, there's very that very real, like, the floor falls out group or, you know, possibility. There's a possibility this thing goes poorly and everybody's scrambling to save their jobs and there's a lot of internal tension. And, you know, I think they will be right in the playoff hunt to the end of the season. But if they struggle early, you could see the wheels falling off. It's not a reach. So Michael Phillips did a great recap of the game. You can read right now at APnews.com and follow him on social media. Michael Phillips, Michael P. RTD. Thanks a lot, man. Yes, sir. Catch you around. Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Every day from noon to 3 on AWOD Radio. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. If you missed any of the show, you could always rewind on the Odyssey app or check out the podcast. We post a full hour of the show every day, plus a best of hour that's available for you by 4 p.m. on your ride home. You can check it out on iTunes and Spotify by searching in AWOD Radio. We'll drive down Richmond Highway with the czar, sports director here at WRNL, and the voice of high school football about to begin his 30th season. He'll join us today at 2.15 for a drive down Richmond Highway with Gary Hess. We'll talk a little Hokies with Mike Barber at 2 p.m. and Bill Roth for the Cowan Gates Hokies update at 1.30. But I wanted to do a little Commander's Corner right here on the fan. As, look, Sam Howell has just looked the part. He's looked like a guy who could have been drafted in the first or the second round. Instead, he's a fifth-round draft pick that fell into the lap of Ron Rivera and might up end up saving Ron Rivera's job here in Washington. I believe Sam Howell is the real deal. And here's what I mean by that, all right? Last week, I said, well, he's just not going to suck, right? I mean, that was my, fir- my first takeaway from preseason game number one. He's just not going to suck. 
He's not going to be a terrible quarterback that gets taken out of the lineup after three or four weeks because he's inaccurate, he doesn't have the arm strength, he's taking too many sacks, making mistakes. That's not going to happen. I don't believe he's going to suck. Now I believe he's the real deal. And what I mean by that is you have to take away his fifth-round draft pick status. He's played one game in the NFL, and now basically two halves in preseason, and to me he's looked like a guy that could have been drafted in the first round, where he was projected to go after his sophomore season at UNC first round draft pick he loses his top two wide receivers the offensive coordinator changes his scheme to focus on Howell's ability to run and just like that we watched his stock drop meanwhile Sam Howell didn't change he is the same gunslinger guy that can also run and also can extend the plays with his legs he did not change he just got his reps in the ACC which is a solid football conference and look it's not like He's shined in every moment. He's had a professional uniform, but he's looked the part. He can run. He can throw. He's going to have weapons this season. I promise you this. We're going to see Sam Howell throw a tight spiral, have a good arm, and make it look easy at times. He just whips it. He's got an effing rocket, as Pat McAfee says. Rocket right there. He's got a tight spiral and a good arm. He makes it look easy. And to me, he is an NFL caliber starting quarterback. His throws look professional. I mean, you can't say that about all the quarterbacks in the league. Heck, I don't even know if you could say that about Lamar Jackson. It's his ability to run that makes up for his awkward-looking throwing motion. So to me, what's the real deal, right? What's the real deal everyone wants to know? Zach, to me, the real deal for Sam Howell means he's a pro. He's a guy who will be a pro until he doesn't want to be a pro no mo. It's refreshing, right? It's kind of like the Brock Purdy situation out in San Francisco. A lot of intangibles. Film study room rat, like watches a lot of tape. Doesn't care, but he flashes on the field. I mean, Sam Howell, really, for all intents and purposes, this year, this is his rookie season. Yeah. You know? Aside from the Dallas game last year, which he flashed in. But interesting to note today, Logan Paulson, and by the way, was that a football, like, meat sandwich that he gave us <laughs> yeah. earlier? Yeah, but his guys, breakdowns are unbelievable. Guy's great. Uh, but he did say it. I didn't want to say this because I don't want to, like, poop on anybody because they're all excited and there's a lot of good mojo going into this season for the Commanders. But he did say, reminder, take it with a grain of salt, that was the twos and threes on the Ravens' defense. Right, but that's okay because Howell did well against it. Well, and, and if it can incrementally get more difficult – it's easier than it's all, bam, slamming at right. once. Thrown on like in that. his face, slapped in the face. Well, also, it doesn't matter if you're going against fifth-string guys or, or trash men. If the ball is accurate and with arm strength and you whip it there, that's what you want to see. And so when I say he's the real deal, I mean he's going to be a pro until he doesn't want to be a pro anymore, which means, a.k.a., he believes he's made enough money. I'm going to say hot take right now. I think Sam Howell lasts longer in the NFL than Brock Purdy. Really? Yes. I think he's a guy that is going to have a lengthy NFL career. Whether it's in Washington or not, Sam Howell will have an NFL career along the lines of Colt McCoy, Case Keenum. That's his floor. That's what I'm saying he's the real deal. Meaning, he's not going to be a bust. He's not going to suck. He's not going to be replaced anytime soon. He's got a real shot to win the starting job in Washington for the foreseeable future. He's That's got a really real shot for the fans. to yeah. be the Washington starting quarterback for five straight seasons. You've got I a really reset, believe. Yeah, you've got a reset here with the new ownership and a new quarterback that could be an absolute gem. It's like GP said the other day. 
that Ron Rivera has stumbled onto a QB1. Absolutely. I mean, I really believe it's all set up for Sam Howell to play out his rookie contract, at least, as the starting quarterback here in Washington. And remember how it works in the NFL. The team will spend, and they'll build around his chip, cheap deal. And you have great wide receivers and running back weapons, and the defense is stacked. And if you can build around a quarterback on a rookie deal, that's how you have success in this league. That is a f***ing rocket right there. That's what we're going to be saying throughout the season <laughs> when Sam Howell, slaying Sammy Howell, is throwing it left and right and going for 350 yards a game. That's what I'm expecting this if season. If 300, two tutties, Maybe like 40 yards rushing a week. No turnovers. I mean, that's not going to happen. Right. But. Well, l- listen to this. Alex Smith was 6-3, and three, throwing for 175 yards per game. He proved that season that if you don't make mistakes, if you convert on third downs at a high rate, and when you get to the red zone, you put it into the end zone for six points, you can be successful without throwing it all across the field. You know, you just hit the open receiver. You don't make the mistake of taking sacks. That's the one thing Sam Howell has to work on, but hopefully his athleticism will be able to make up for that. And this gunslinger mentality where if I get sacked on second down, I'm going to throw it deep on third and 15 and get 17 yards. Or if you pause the tape, he's not open there, but he's going to that guy. That's a good sign. Yeah, because that's chemistry. That's chemistry right there. We haven't even seen the whole playbook, too. I know. So it's good that he's got the intelligence. Uh, Right now, he's got a good grasp of EB's offense. We haven't seen Curtis Samuel get very involved, which is upsetting to me. But I do think he's going to be. Look what he did last year in week one. He's going to start hot this year. And that's going to be another weapon for Sam Howell to use. Uh, My three major observations from Sam Howell was, number one, he looked poised. He looked like a guy that had been there and done that. Number two, you know, the commanders said it best on their website. They said Sam Howell was ruthless. If there was one thing that the uh, held the commanders back at football's most crucial position, it was the lack of a killer instinct. Howell had that with that one third down completion on third and 15. And then number three, it is just the fact that he can throw and he can run and he can move around the pocket. And the most impressive play of the whole game to me was when it was basically a, a broken down play. He rolled to his right and found Jahan Dotson for 16 yards coming back to the football. That is a tough throw to make, and he made it look easy. Sam Howell is the real deal, and I believe he'll be a pro quarterback for 10-plus seasons. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new Sports Radio 910, the fan now at 105.1 FM. So you know we talk a lot of Hokies here on a Wednesday on the fan. Mike Barber from the Richmond Times-Dispatch covers the Hokies. He'll join us at 2 p.m. But it is time for the Cowan Gates Hokies update with Bill Roth. What's going on, Bill? Good to talk with you again. Always great to talk Hokies football in the capital of the Commonwealth. And, Bill, I believe you have some breaking news to share with our audience. Well, I don't know that it's officially breaking. Coach Bry had his uh, – uh, he did a uh, Q&A on an NIL platform earlier today, the Triumph platform, and he did announce that Grant Wells would be Virginia Tech's starting quarterback for the ODU game and that he wanted Kyron Drones to play every week. So it looks like the Hokies will use a two-quarterback system. At least that's the plan of as of today. 
And it's interesting because even going back to the spring, Grant appeared to be a little bit ahead, but but Drones has such a high ceiling you could see him improve. And even last Friday, after uh, one of the, not the scrimmage, but after a, a real competitive uh, practice, he said that there were three or four days during spring practice and during the that Kyron Drones was the best quarterback in the program. Mm. But there were three or four days that he wishes he had the entire practice back to do over. And I think that was the that was the thing. Wells was more consistent. And clearly, having some competition made him better. In the scrimmage on Saturday, Grant was really good. He was really good Saturday night under the lights at the stadium. So this isn't really a surprise. Uh, but I, I think it's important to note that both kids will play. Well, what would you say are Grant Wells' biggest strengths? Well, he's started four years. He's played an awful lot. Right. You know, when, when, when Grant has a clean pocket and can throw, he's, he's really accurate. Last year, he would make good throws, and they weren't caught. You know, he's got at least three, maybe four new receivers will play every week for him this year, as we've talked about in the past. The receiving core is way better. You know, when, when the pocket's clean, he's great. It's it's When he gets under pressure, that was the problem last year. He he, he wasn't good with ball security. The the interceptions were high, and and four of them in the first game against Old Dominion, right? And mm. And they got they heated them up a little bit, and, and that caused a problem for Virginia Tech. The reason the Hokies lost that game at ODU last year was ODU's defensive pressure. The Hokies had five turnovers, uh, and four of them were interceptions. So uh, the, the one thing that Grant gives you is experience, and he threw for a lot of yards at Marshall, and now he'll be a second-year starter at Virginia Tech. Kickoff is 10 days out, and we are proud to have 910 The Fan be the home for the Hokies during football season and tech talk live will debut tomorrow night at 7 p.m with coach pry on coach Pry, the zach mackey mike burnup tomorrow night in so we do the show uh, we do the show at a at a at a sports bar bowling facility auditorium it's really fun if you're ever in blacksburg on a thursday night uh, you can see it in person you don't have to if you're in Richmond on the radio, but if you're in Blacksburg, you can actually see it in person and have dinner, and it's a lot of fun. And Coach Pry schmoozes with the crowd and interacts with the guests after the show. But that'll be tomorrow night here on the 9:10. It's time for the Cowan Gates Hokies update with Bill Roth. And look, we're just a few weeks away from the season, and so I wanted to ask you, who are your three players to watch this season, Bill? Well, I think there's three under-the-radar guys. I mean, I think that a lot has been made of Ollie Jennings from Old Dominion and, and Bushel Tootin. The transfer is going to play a lot of tailback, and we've, we've heard a lot of the big names, APR, defensive end, that right. type of thing, Antoine Powell-Ryland. Um, you know, last year, um, the, the biggest issue the Hokies had at running back was injuries to their, their starting running backs. And this year, Malachi Thomas has been healthy, and he looks really good. And I think he missed, I think he missed eight of the eleven games last year. So he kind of was because of injury. So he, he was out of sight, out of mind. I think people forgot about him. Uh, he's healthy now, and he looks really impressive to me. Another receiver that people are not talking a lot about is Jalen Lane. He he is re- he's going to be a tremendous slot receiver. He's going to make some very big plays for Virginia Tech this year. He's a, he's a little guy. But here, here's my prediction. I think that it, by, by the midway point of the season or, or maybe even a third of the way through the season, when you look at the Virginia Tech stats for yard catch, 
Jennings might be the leader in that because he's probably the deep threat. But yards, yards after the catch, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's going to be lame. I think this is a guy that's going to take a little bubble screen or a little short slant and go because he can scoot. And I don't know if we got anybody that can catch him. And, and the Hokies have a lot of fast guys on defense. And so I'm excited about seeing those two guys on the offensive side of the ball uh, without question. There's, there's more weapons there offensively for Virginia Tech. That was such an issue last year. They, they couldn't go over the top and stretch anybody defensively, right? And then they couldn't run the ball. So, you know, you're really hamstrung as an offensive coordinator. Like, well, what do we call here? We can't get any separation from our wideouts, and we can't get any push up front, and no one can find a hole to run. And so you know what happens then, Adam? What? You punt a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Right, I mean, and, that, and that's kind of the, the whole thing. And, and they've solved that, though. That's my point. They, they've solved that. And that's, that gives you some reason for hope if you're a Virginia Tech fan. And, and it's, it's 2023. You can get th- kids through the portal that can help you right away. And that's what they've done. I mean, in, in, in Wells and Lane and Jennings and some of these guys, they, they've, they've shown it. They've done it at other schools. They have the stats. They, they're 22 years old. They've done it at other places. Well, now it's their, their chance to shine for Tech. It's Bill Roth with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline for the Cowan Gates Hokies update with Bill Roth. And I know you've been at practice and scrimmages, so I'm wondering how vocal is Coach Pry on the sidelines? <laughs> he is very vocal. Yeah. Not in a uh, old school, uh, you know, cussing kind of thing, uh, but when someone does something great, he's up there chest bumping them. He's 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 not a guy that stands up in the tower and and looks down, right? He's he's right in there in the midst of it, mix of it. And you know what else they announced today? So we and we kind of knew this, but Xavier Chaplin's going to start at left tackle. And if you if you follow this, then these these names mean something to you. Braylon Moore is going to be at left guard, Caden Moore at center, and Parker Clements is going to win the the right tackle spot. So Chaplin, Moore, Moore, Clements. That's your, that's your offensive line, left or right. Hey, Bill, we've got Notre Dame playing Navy Saturday yeah. in Dublin. Uh, do you think Virginia Tech would ever play a game in Europe uh, or, or you know, anywhere <laughs> out around the world? I'd love it. Yeah. Would you, would you come with us? Oh, of course. <laughs> Give AWOT a Euro trip? <laughs> I'm all in. <laughs> I'd love it, too. Yeah. I'd love it, too. Our Has basketball there been any talk about back. that with football? Yeah, yeah, it's easy in hoops because you you know I think the travel part the women went to the women's basketball team went to uh, Greece for ten days, played some games, and then s- splashed and did all the Aegean the uh, Aegean Sea things. Mm-hmm. The men's team just got back from a Switzerland Italy trip. It's easier in basketball because you got a total travel party of maybe forty people, right? Yeah, players, coaches, staff, family, that kind of thing. So where's the craziest football game you've ever seen? Football, you know, I mean, that, I mean. I'm, First of all, Notre Dame can pack a stadium on nearly any continent that it wants, right? Right. So they're going to sell tickets, so that helps pay for it. And 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 you know, I don't want to. There's probably some Navy people out there listening. My sense is that Navy has access to planes, <laughs> right? Yeah. And there's probably a flight going from a naval air station in in I don't know Oceania or Dover or somewhere that can that can get gear over to Dublin, Ireland, pretty quick without you know. It's just more expensive for a regular, a, a, you know, not that. Uh, Annapolis isn't a regular university, but Navy has more planes than any other school but Air Force, right? So 
if, if you need to transport people via air across the Atlantic, Navy can do it. Notre Dame can afford it. I, you know, Syracuse and Louisville played once in, J- in Japan. They played <laughs> in the Tokyo Dome, and it was just ridiculously expensive. <laughs> Both teams flew out on the same plane. Um, kids coming back were ridiculously jet-lagged. Uh, so Asia is likely out for football. But I would love to see a, uh, a, a Virginia Tech football game in Europe. I think it would be great. This is the Cowan Gates. I'd like to Pokey. see one in Richmond. It'd be easier to build a stadium in Richmond and play one there than. I know. I'd love get... to see a football game at City Stadium. That'd be awesome. Tech played uh, Richmond there many times. You know, the, yeah. over there. But uh, you know, it's just it's a it's a great it's a great thing for the kids. I mean, I talked with both our men's and women's basketball players in the travel party. They had such an amazing time uh, over there. And football's a lot of people. I mean, it's. I mean, I mean, Notre Dame is bringing their band. I mean, <laughs> it's just a lot of people to travel and maybe 200 and something people without the band. Yeah. So, you know, do the math <laughs> on a European vacation for a few days over there. And, and you just can't go in the night before. Bill, before I let you go, I know you wanted to speak on the tragedy of former Virginia Tech player Caleb Farley mourning the, fa- the death of his father, Robert, and that terrible tragedy. Yeah, this this really hit home for everybody in Tech's football program yesterday. Caleb lost his mom at the end of his high school career, and his his dad stayed in Charlotte, and Caleb was a first-round pick out of Virginia Tech for for the Titans. He's doing well. They had a, um, by all accounts, beautiful multimillion-dollar home uh, down in in suburban Charlotte. And this explosion yesterday, we're still waiting. The the fire chief, I read, in the paper, the, the fire chief thinks it was a gas explosion of some sort at the house. Yes. And just tragic. And you feel for, I mean, there's no words. I mean, it, it's so freakish and unusual. And, and to lose both your parents is, is always hard. And, and the way that this happened for Caleb, who's such an incredible, delightful kid, and now a young man, a pro athlete in the NFL, it, it's it, you just feel for him. And that, that's so much tragedy for, for Caleb at, at, uh, at a young age. So we're really grieving for that family and uh, we're trying to find out exactly the fire folks down in, in North Carolina, trying to find out exactly why the home exploded yesterday. Bill, great stuff, man. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you again next week. Tech Talk Live tomorrow night with Coach Pry. We'll talk with you guys again on a uh, week from today. Yeah, I can't wait for it. Coach Pry did this awesome promo for us that we've been running on a loop. It gets me excited for the start of the season, man. All right, I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. we got a packed 2 o'clock hour here on AWOD Radio. We'll continue our Wednesday Hokies coverage with Mike Barber from the Richmond Times-Dispatch at 2 p.m. We'll drive down Richmond Highway with the Czar and talk some high school football with Gary Hess. He begins his 30th season next Thursday night. That can be heard on WRVA. The Czar just keeps pushing. He just keeps going. Amazing. Yeah. Him and Chris. I know. And and his knowledge of high school football, like the, the depth of knowledge for the past 25 years is just so awesome. He can just spit facts. He knows about so many different NFL players that are here from Richmond or from the 757 or even D.C. He's just the man for high school football in the state of Virginia. If you're call- if he's calling your high school football game, what a treat for the families and, and uh, schools 
that he does because he really it's almost like NFL level color and play by play for a high school game. It's it's hard to explain, but he yeah, just, no, and he's told me that the parents of players that he interviews after the games they love it. Yeah, you know, absolutely, they just love it. It's such a bonus. And so he joins us every Wednesday at two fifteen. Talk some NFL with Benjamin Brown, data and analytics guy at two thirty, and um, then we'll get more into the Commanders again, and or maybe some Netflix and talk about watching Hard Knocks and swamp kings about florida gators and finally watch that johnny manzel documentary that'll be at 245 on netflix but your boy awad starting to get some love from the boys in dc and i think that deserves a mention on this show look i think it started with the success of football fest right we were i mean i was so nervous i've been spending the last four months basically working behind the scenes grinding trying to find bands djs trying to find special ca- special guests, and hello, a location for football festival. We had a great time at River City Roll, and we had Drab in the building, and he saw the AWOD army. And Drab is the executive producer of the junkies. Of the sports junkies that you can hear from 6 to 10 a.m. And, and so I think that was huge for him to see the visual of – you know, Awad putting on his first event. The crowd was really was really uh, large by the time he got there. And then Valdez joined us on Monday, and he claimed he wants in on Football Fest 2024. My guy JP from the Junkies always checks in with me on social media. He's a really great guy for that reason. And then Eric Bickle decided to show me some love today on the Sports Junkies. And so we wanted to roll that clip and uh, discuss it real quick. Here's EB from the Junkies. Yesterday, before we do it, yesterday I, I agreed to go on with Adam. I agree. And let me first of all say something nice. Adam does a good job with that. And I think he's pretty stupid, but <laughs> he does a good job. He's got good energy. Um, I thought he asked okay questions, but he's just, he, he's getting better. Drabby, he's getting to. better as a broadcaster. I know. I listen. I agree. I listen I, almost every day. Oh, you do? Uh, he's, <laughs> he's, I'm going to say that I'm being complimentary. Yeah, he's calling his boyfriend. He's dumb, but he's a lot of people in radio are dumb. He's, he's, he's figuring out a little bit. Yeah, Slowly he's yeah. kind of becoming like I felt like I did the interview with him. And I felt like I was on like a regular, like with a regular, like know, a regular hit radio guy. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did the Ravens perspective you, on on Monday at 12:45. I thought it was, I thought he did really well. Yeah, he had. Good questions. Yeah, I mean, and to be honest, on some level, now I'm way smarter than him, and I'm way funnier, and I'm more interesting, more and I'm humble, and I'm more charismatic, <laughs> way more humble. I'm just a better talent than him, but he's probably he might even be smoother <laughs> at some of these things in and out of the breaks. So, like, he did a good job. He's pretty good, and I'll give he him did credit. A good job. He doesn't regurgitate other people's information. He he, he, clear, comes, he clearly is coming up with his own shit. He, he comes up with his own shtick, his own thoughts like, on kinda it. Kind of like his mentor. <laughs> Me. No, no. He referred to me, obviously, as his mentor right. yesterday on the show. I mean, I just thought that was such a great clip. Well, look, this, that's nice. I mean, they were... They that's were... the nicest thing he's ever said to me. And you know, EB, he has to throw in, he's dumb, he's fat, yeah. he's, he's an idiot. He's, he's the main guy in the Junkies in D.C. Oh, for you, sure. You started out, you were like more or less a stunt boy for the Junkies, yeah. right? But they inspired you to take this path, you know? So you've... You've kept your head down, and you've worked hard, and I think – I agree with you. I think they wanted to take your temperature to see if Football Fest was not just uh, some weird dream that you had, and it was like, okay, well, it's going to do this event, and it's going to be – you know, it's going to be a failure, a flop, or whatever. So 
they wanted to see how that was. That was a good litmus test for you to see how far you've come. And I'll give you all the credit in the world, too, because, you know, we haven't had action on the fan in a while. And I've always, uh, you know, from the jump, noticed that you would be a great vehicle to get the station some notoriety and, you know, build the listening on 910 The Fan and 105.1 FM. So kudos to you. You did a great job. You had some help along the way. Sales finally bought in, right? Got a sponsor. We had a great venue. We got the word out. You went viral, not viral, but, you know, you got it out there on social media and on the web. People were buying free tickets to the event. We had, I think, from three to seven, we had two, 300 people come through the door, and they were all listening and attentive and engaged, and they were listening to your show, which was great. Yeah, and I did want to say thank you to EB for the kind words, but here's what I'll say about the other guys on the Junks who were laughing in the background as he was taking his subtle shots at me. The sports junkies would not have lasted 25 years if it wasn't for Eric Bickle. He is truly the most talented person of the sports junkies. I love Johnny Cakes Oval. He's a one-liner. You know, he's a punch you once and walk away. And JP is Careful, just... Careful, Drabby's listening. Well, it's all right. JP is just a talk a mile a minute. That's all. He could do eight hours by himself. He doesn't need the rest of the three junkies. And then Lurch is just way too much of a sports nerd. I mean, he's been gambling for 40 years. He watches minor league baseball. He's all into sports. And so the reason that show has lasted so long is because EB provides the comic relief, right? He provides the non-sports stories and things like that. So to have EB hype me up means so much more than JP, Cakes, or Lurch. They can laugh in the background all they want. But EB made my day with that moment today. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm happy for you. That's a good moment. Yeah. And And here's what I will say also is that, you know, EB thinks he's really smooth, but a lot of times you can't understand what he's saying. Like he's he, at, at times he can't pronounce things well. When he does the entertainment page, you'd think a guy that does the entertainment page would have gone to see a movie in the last 10 years. The only movie he talks about is The Firm and Pelican Brief. Those came out before I was born. You know, so I love EB, but maybe they should have Matt Valdez start doing the entertainment page because he focuses in on pop culture. He watches Survivor and all the hit shows that are out there right now. EB, great radio host, not a good entertainment page host. Well, look, they've been doing the show for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I know. To a certain degree, it's like, all right, you've you've done your time. You can go home and be with your family well, kind of thing. I, I know. EB loves to labor. say he loves to say that if he released a podcast and it said EB farts and I released it a podcast, and I you know, I was joined by Michael Jordan. Adam Epstein farts? Yeah. No, Adam Epstein and Michael Jordan. <laughs> oh, EB yeah. farts would get more downloads. <laughs> I, I might be creeping up on EB farts right now. <laughs> Could be a, a long-term sweat bet. Yeah, you know what? Oh, I was going to try to burp on air. Nothing came out. Sorry, <laughs> EB. <laughs> I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Your home for the sports junkies from 6 to 10 a.m. I take over at 12 noon, and it's Grant and Danny from 3 to 6.30 on The Fan. The final hour of the show, 2 p.m. hour, coming up next.